Hi there, it's me, your host, Joy Mamie. I just wanted to let you know that we recorded this podcast via Zoom. Therefore, the audio quality is exciting, all right? Uh, We're working with this new technology every day, so if you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out, and please enjoy. Well, the world is so big and scary and dark. There's disease, climate change, and injustice and sharks. Oh, life is a nightmare and I'm terrified. And I have friends who are terrified. So in conjunction, we can be totally terrified. We're terrified together. Uh, hello and welcome to Terrified Together. I'm your host, Joy Mamie. Uh, this is the show where we talk to my awesome friends about all the stuff that terrifies us because when we're terrified together, it makes life a little bit less scary. Uh, my amazing, amazing guest today uh, is Maddie Goff. She is an actress, writer, and improviser living in LA. Uh, she's a member of the all-female production company Ripley. They have a TV series called As We Go Along, which is currently on the festival circuit. It's awesome. It's all improvised. It's pretty amazing. Um, she's also an alumna of the Groundling Sunday Company, and she's a main company member of Impro Theater, where they perform fully improvised plays, which are currently being streamed online at Twitch. So check it out. They are so funny. Uh, everyone give a round of applause to Maddie Goff. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, gonna be adding um, this is yeah, this is this is the um uh, ASL for <laughs> Yeah. This is, it's ASL for applause. Can't wait, can't wait for all our listeners to see your hand motions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Maddie, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, Maddie and I were going to do an amazing show uh, called Wig Actually uh, that got postponed because of the coronavirus. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> uh, but we're we're still going to do it, right? Yes. We're going to hit up online. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to. We're kind of working towards it, and it's yes. a little. It's a little edited. Uh, yes. It's a little different from our original vision, but I think it's it's uh, new and improved. So I'm we're excited. yes anding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're making it better with all of the trials and tribulations that we are facing in 2020. It's the truth. Oh, yeah. What are you, what are you doing to uh, get through this crazy quarantine that we're in? Oh, this is a good question. I believe that I process through creating. This sounds so cliche. No, so not cliche. at all. <laughs> um, you know all those memes where everybody's like, you know, you can relax today. Um, <laughs> right. I think they're directed at me, but just so everybody knows, I'm not going to listen to you. I think some people do need to hear it, um, but it's how I process emotion and how I process stress is by creating now the stuff that i've created no one's ever gonna see it no one ever <laughs> needs to see it <laughs> sure <laughs> um, it might be amazing but also like it can just be your own for sure right? so i started writing a musical very um, awesome because singing terrifies me so oh. i started writing a musical i love that i know you're a beautiful singer too oh, i've heard you sing you. i know i love it <laughs> um and then uh, a lot of poetry right on. and doing rewrites on a horror film. So I cool. am writing like crazy. That is fabulous to hear. Um, I think writing is the most important thing because there's something very um, 
not, not only therapeutic, but very uh, satisfying when you go back and you read what you wrote at the time that you're going through something. Um, it's a very cathartic kind of situation to be like, oh, that's where I was at this time. Um, and seeing the differences, seeing what you still relate to, how you've grown from that perspective. It's, it's very interesting. I'm all about it. Put it on paper, y'all. Right. You can see yourself work through things. I look back at some of the um, songs that I wrote and they're more just like poems Mm -hmm. where that I think I have a melody to it that someone better at making music Mm -hmm. should um, fix for me. But I look back at some of those and I go, oh, wow, look, Maddie's processing um, the thought you know, uh, whatever the thought is, um, mm-hmm. but Maddie's processing a fear or an emotion related to the quarantine and to the, the situ the global situation. Well, speaking of fear, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to create some sort of like beautiful transition for you. <laughs> Just you not- did. And I am so grateful. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of fear, let's talk about it. Um, Let's start with um, just in general, what do you fear right now? I mean, obviously there's the coronavirus, but we don't have to just talk about that. Uh, It's kind of an open-ended question. But what, when you hear that question, like, what do you fear? What comes to mind first? I think probably this is the most relatable one is losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. I just, that would just be so tough. And for everyone out there who has lost a loved one or is close to someone who lost a loved one. It just, my heart goes out to them because that is so tough. Yeah. It's left behind. It's detrimental. It's, it's jarring to think that I know people who have one person who they've already lost. And so like Mm -hmm. the, what do you call it? The set, the, what do you, uh, degrees of separation. separation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there, you know, it's, it's there and it's real and it's, as annoying as it feels to be stuck inside, I'm like so grateful that my family and my friends are doing that. Um, but it's terrifying to think about the family members who have been taken. Absolutely. There's this thing now that's happening, or I'm sure it's happening with everybody. I'm just assuming my experience is similar to uh, several people, but um, I'm calling my family more. Mm-hmm. And the first question is, how are you? But it's not just a, how are you? I, slash, I acknowledge your existence and I'm saying the thing that we've been taught to say, but mm-hmm. it is the, are you well? Do you have an, a, a breath issue, a fever? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a very, it's, it's a different question now. Yeah. And my family members know how to answer it. And that's interesting is to go, oh, how are you means more now. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that is such a such a truth that we've been trained to just be like, I'm fine, I'm good, everything's mm-hmm. fine, you know, I'm okay, um, and have it kind of be not really mean anything. But now we're in a, a a world where we really are are concerned and want to know how we are, and not just our our physical state, but our mental state too. I think that's a big. Yes. Uh, yeah a big change, especially for families, (laughs) like, um, especially when you're like a, you know, LA socialite and then they have the family members who like live in not that kind of lifestyle. And like, we just have taking away that, um, I don't want to say fake, but that 
less personal um, understanding of each other. Um, the more, you know, the word I'm looking for, like the more less surface level, a little yeah. deeper. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I get you. I think it's, it definitely is. And, um, I exercise, uh, and I go out walking and or running mm -hmm. and even the passing people on the street feels less impersonal. It feels mm. more like I have a mask on, um, guys wear a mask when you go running, walking, Please. just do it. Try to wear, I don't gloves. know why people aren't doing it. And I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, adjust your workout to the level of oxygen you can intake. Anyway, yeah. so um, I'll step off this soapbox. Um, no, don't. <laughs> Stay. Everyone's, everyone's yeah, in some <laughs> form on one. But I, even though I'm wearing a mask, I smile and I give a little peace sign to people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's brought, it, I, I feel closer to the strangers that I pass on my walks and runs. And that's yeah. kind of interesting and beautiful. It's less shallow. Oh, I love that. It's true. It, in a strange way, uh, being so disconnected and so apart from people, we have gotten so much closer, which is such, I mean, I'm constantly talking about the duality of life. I'm a Gemini, um, but I can't, I can't help it. There's just, there's always two sides to things. And as, as far apart as I am from everyone, I have had so many Zoom calls and FaceTimes and conversations with people that I just never did before. And I yeah. feel so much more connected and closer and safer in that way of just mm -hmm. not losing my, you know, my relationships, um, because they're so, they're so important, so much more obviously important <laughs> than they were before. Right. Yeah. That's every, they're everything to me. I, mm -hmm. that's so true. Um, they are, you know, our sanity, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's that's it's the depth of some of my relationships that have gone or the depth they've stretched to now mm -hmm. is interesting. And the love that I feel for a lot of the people in my life has increased or it's been there. I think it's always been there. But now I'm like, oh, God, I really <laughs> love these people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's 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 become something almost theatrical, but real <laughs> melodramatic yes. i'm living in a soap opera where it's only love <laughs> oh. talking about fear um so one of the things i'm just gonna okay what if i just listed a couple things and you tell me what interests you okay okay i Absolutely. fear i have feared the ocean and singing mm -hmm. And I think my biggest fear right now is um, losing my mind. Mm. Um, and that's not coronavirus or quarantine related. Mm. I think I've always had that weird. Um, I don't know if it's politically correct to say I've had that weird. Am I crazy? Mm. Um, thought. But I, but I hear that there's like some cliche saying that people who are crazy don't ask if they're crazy. Mm. So I hope that's my one safeguard. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> have you too. Heard that before? I have, I and I've and I've thought it a lot. I think the intention to question our sanity is not. Um, what am I trying to say? It's 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 worthwhile to do, um, and it doesn't mean that we're necessarily crazy or not. And yeah, I agree that it, the term crazy is is challenging now. I think it is important to always question our perspective, question what we think is true. Because I think when you don't do it, 
the thing that I've noticed when it comes to when I've been in therapy or when I had, when I work with my improv students is, um, not tr- the, the inability to trust oneself. Um, and to also when you have a mindset, which is gen for most people generally pretty negative. I think all of us have a, a wary mindset a lot of the time of just like, things are always going to go south or you know this is what I always do this is why this happens like we we kind of justify the ridiculous things in our life based on our perspective and without being able to question it I think it's really dangerous for us to to say that this is what truth is this is um what's going on and I think that's actually more crazy quote-unquote um than to say here's what I'm feeling is this right? Is this, is this justified? Like I do seek a lot of personally, I seek a lot of external validation (laughs) (laughs) as a bunch of ups and downs. um, Uh, I do feel though that when we talk about it and I do reach for that validation there that I feel, I do feel safer in my mind because for a long time, I just kept it shut up, you know, and assuming that no one wants to hear what I have to say, which is, that's nuts. <laughs> like, right. We want connection so bad, especially in this day and age. Right. So, yeah. What, what kind of, I mean, I always was afraid of it, like via like horror movies or TV shows about what it's like to lose your mind in those respects. What do you think that like your, your, I, I was going to say ideal. It's not ideal, but what would you, what totally would you not ideal, totally not ideal, but what would, would, would you think that would, um, what affects you that would scare you if, does that make sense what I'm asking? Totally makes sense what you're asking. Yeah. So I think this is where this fear comes from is, do you know what sleep paralysis is at all? Yes. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You t- explain. I it. love that look. <laughs> Um, I get that, uh, pretty chronically. Um, and I can even, if I wanted to, I could even court it and like, no, I know what triggers I have that would give it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course there are times where I just can't not get it. Mm -hmm. Thankfully let's last night, no sleep paralysis, but the night before was like awful. Well, for those who don't know what sleep paralysis is and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I've learned from it. Um, Sleep paralysis is when your mind is conscious, but your body cannot move because right. it is in a sleep state. Um, but your mind and your body are are separate. So it's, it is a scary feeling because um, you'll want to move and trying to will your, yourself to move is, is difficult. Um, I've done it when I was studying how to lucid dream and to astral project, um, both of which... I have, well, I've astral projected once and it was really scary, but it was only like for a quick, quick second. Um, lucid dreaming I've done a couple times, which is fun. Um, but yeah, you do have to get yourself into that state. And for some people it's voluntary. For some people it's really hard. I can't, uh, and for some people it's, I meant to say involuntary first. Um, and I can't imagine what it must be like to do it involuntarily when you're not, you know, when you're not trying. I, I That must be very, very extreme feeling. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's like the, the easiest way to understand it is, um, your, your muscles have not switched on Mm. and what to add with it is 
your brain still is in a dreamy sort of place, even mm-hmm. though it's in the room that you would be in. Right. And so it can project some, the shadow man, or I think um, mm. is a very common thing. There, there was actually a, golly, there was a um, Netflix. Oh, there's a spider in my room. Oh. Oh, I like how you said all instead of eh. Yeah, I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm the spider catcher in our house. My roommate um, is does not like spiders, and mm. I'll be, anyway, spiders I'm like me. They like to bite me. I'm I'm very oh. delicious to spiders. Like my lit, there was a spider in my bed the other day, and I got nibbled on, <laughs> which is annoying. Oh. But. <laughs> What anyway. do these spiders want? Just put a little, just put a little cup of your blood yeah. by your bed and say, guys, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, with uh, sleep paralysis. So um, I'm curious to learn more about your, so what, what ended up happening is I think I've always had it. Um, I can remember when I was a little kid, I thought that Captain Hook was in my room. Oh. Yeah. And I would wake up and be terrified and go to my parents' room and sleep there. Um, but I, he was always, he, Captain Hook was always trying to get me. There's, <laughs> there's, also, there's something about you thinking that it's Captain Hook that, del- yeah. like, not in a mean way, delights me because I oh, kind right. of. <laughs> it's totally delightful. <laughs> and I also kind of think you have a very Peter Pan, like, this about you like you would totally play Peter Pan if it came around which in a second second, you would be flying around the stage with ropes like you know (laughs) what I mean like so the idea that Peter I mean Captain Hook is coming at you I mean but that also gives me a sense of safety because it's if you're Peter Pan I mean who can handle Captain Hook more (laughs) right Captain Hook has no chance no he's got no chance at all (laughs) <laughs> now, now it's just more demonic creatures mm. and sometimes I feel like so so with sleep paralysis um I'll get just wildly demonic feelings and everybody thinks differently of what it could be some people think it's just purely neurological some people think it's you know ghosts or spirits or what have you and um because I don't know, I'm very science-minded. So for a long time, I was just like, science, 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 it's neurological. Mm. And um, then more recently, I've been entertaining the idea of like, okay, if I I want this to stop, because I want to get good night's sleeps. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there other, um, hand quotes, protective measures to place? (laughs) 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 What's so funny is... um, giving it the the idea of of l- l- opening that door that mm-hmm. it might not be purely neurological makes it a billion times scarier mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah because there's more possibilities of what it could be um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's and it's and to not know them all is truly terrifying yeah. that's what that's all fear is is yeah. is not knowing something fully um and to add into that, I don't know it fully, and I do sense that it is very angry and malevolent. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's really interesting. So when at night, so I'll just talk about two nights ago, um, usually sleep paralysis will hit me when I'm in, when I'm waking up. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, two nights ago, actually, I know specifically because I had a glass of wine before, <laughs> I had a glass of wine with dinner. 
Um, and, and wine, because it um, affects sleep patterns, it mm. sends me into sleep paralysis. So at 4 a.m., I'm awake. Uh, and several different things can happen. Once you have it kind of once, you're that night, you're more likely to get it a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had it like three or four times that night. And then to add in is you'll get it and then you'll have what's called like a fake awakening mm. to where you think that you've come back and come to and you're and you're in your body now and everything's okay. And then you're like, and then your brain, you know, there's part of me, there's Maddie sitting back there that knows what's happening. And then there's the other part that's a little bit bigger. That's like, Mm. no, this is true. Everything that's happening is real. (laughs) And so in a fake awakening, I'll go this part that, that is Maddie that knows everything's okay. will agree then with the other part. And then the other part will project some new demonic awfulness. And this part, and they're both parts are agreeing at the same time for a second. Mm -hmm. And um, it's quite it's quite scary. And in those moments, when I'll hear, I'll hear voices, I'll hear noises, I'll feel breath on the side of my face. Mm, wow. Or, you know, a lot of people feel pressure on their chest. And I know no one can see this, but I feel like someone's doing that on my chest with like mm. an arm across it. Pressing and then, down, um, yeah. Pressing down. Yeah. And then I'll feel like little footsteps walking up the side of the bed or something. <gasps> a whole bunch of yeah okay do you have that okay so not not (laughs) exactly but in a way so I when I was a kid this hasn't happened to me in many many years but when I was a kid I used to have nightmares when I watched movies that had claymation in it um claymation like like chicken run not Wallace and Gromit because that was funny but like chicken run I remember specifically having a nightmare about there was another movie called little critique (laughs) just a slight critique in there (laughs) Little um, movie critic joy. Going, <laughs> yes. Wallace and can't have 10 out of 10. <laughs> no nightmares. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. But yeah, that uh, Chicken Run, Toy Soldiers. Do you remember that movie? That was a scary film. I did not. Oh my it's, gosh. It's, I don't, don't, I mean, you can see it. I'm not going to recommend it because it scared the living crap out of me. Um, but both times that I watched those movies, I had a half awake, half asleep type of experience that's it where that that like it's kind of amazing hearing you say this stuff because I'm it's making me re-evaluate my dreams yep. in the past mm-hmm. um but I had dreams that the chicken run characters and the small soldiers characters were tiny um as small as they would be if while well, they were being created for the film but as if they were crawling up me like I was like Gulliver you know and like the you know the mm-hmm. holding me down with ropes but they weren't doing that they were just crawling on me they weren't hurting me they weren't being they were just crawling on me and it was horrible because I couldn't do anything I was just in bed and I remember finally getting able to get awake enough to like run into my mother's room and be like hey I'm just gonna sleep on the floor because (laughs) there's like chickens crawling on me (laughs) like not my fave but yeah. So yeah, that's it. Exactly. This happens all the time when we talk about it because sleep paralysis is not uncommon. It ha- yeah. everybody has had some sort of experience. Chronic having it, you know, weekly mm-hmm. um, is is uncommon, but everybody's had that experience and knows like that terrifying feeling of waking up. There's a pressure. Some mm-hmm. people have a dark entity on them. Some people have little creatures walking up them. Some people have a cat. Sometimes mine's a cat. And That's interesting because cats are the one animal I hear that can astral project the most. 
mm-hmm. or or people who have had astral projection experiences have told me about seeing animals because I mean animals in general are just more attuned to nature they're mm-hmm. less distracted than humans are um so I find that very interesting have you ever done anything like that has your have you ever projected where your mind is you know I lucid dream. I can lucid dream pretty well. I do the, have you ever done, I I can't remember when I started lucid dreaming. It was probably in college, but now I just do it regularly and I do these reality checks. And if you do a reality check in reality um, and just keep it regularly, I regularly just count my fingers. Wow. Three, four, five. Yeah. And if I can count my fingers, I'll go one, two, three, four, five. I'm awake. And I just do that even verbally. It helps to just do it verbally. And you do that like, you know, (laughs) I want to say, I was about to say, you do that like once or twice a day, but (laughs) in order for me not to sound crazy, because I do it like 10 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I just want you to know, I'm going to be doing it about 50 times a day. Now that you've told me. Good. I I can't wait. (laughs) So, and obviously, so I'm doing it during the day, right? Whenever I want to do it. And um, then not at some point in the night, um, going to bed, I'll tell myself I'll have some sort of mantra or goal for my dreams that night. Oh my gosh. I'm so productive. I'm just so productive. Hey, (laughs) yeah. Right. (laughs) When I'm dreaming at some point I'll be dreaming and I'll reach up and try to count my fingers and hands in dreams are super, can I, I'll just say messed up. Okay. (laughs) Messed up. Um, and you'll want, you won't be able to count your fingers. And then it's frightening at first. I remember the, when I was first learning to do this, I would immediately wake myself up because I'm like, oh wow. my God, oh my God. <laughs> but now I'm to the point where I'm like, oh, my hand is like, just like a little psychedelic drug trip. So yeah. I'm dreaming. And then, you know, then I just always fly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, t- I've only lucid dreamed successfully, like maybe three times. Mm. Um, the first time I, it felt like in Inception when yeah. uh, Ellen Page is like, we're dreaming. And then like, I kind of, sh- it shocked me awake. And then the second time I couldn't figure out how to fly. I could I, I couldn't master that, but I made like a little like circus in my mind, which was cool. Awesome. It was very cool. The third time though, I was like, okay, you're here. You're going to fly. Just choose to fly. Just start flying. Right. And then it, I did, which was so exciting. And it, it's such a weird, weird feeling, but yeah. it's the best. It's I, I I'm, I'm very, very for it. So that I'm, you have no idea how much you've just changed my life. I'm going to be doing this thing. Just I click. can't wait. Will I'm you tell me? All, yeah. All let me know if you lucid dream. You got it. Or I want to know what it's like when you look at your hand in a dream. So when it does happen, tell me. I, I remember watching a movie. What was it called? Waking Life. Did you ever see that? Um, it's all about lucidity. And it's um, it's really cool. It's like rotoscope. So like animation on top of human beings. It's cool. pretty dope. Um, but one of the things they said was that light switches, light, like you can't control light in a dream yep. and you can't Clocked. control time. Yeah, and reading. You can't read a in a book in a dream. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Those are other reality checks you can do. Yes. I don't do the light one. I don't know why, um, but you can turn a light on, mm-hmm. and if it's working for you, then you. I think what an important part of it, at least for me, was saying I'm awake, mm-hmm. or when you're dreaming, then going I'm dreaming, and then mm-hmm. I have more control. But doing the verbal thing was important for me. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I find that yeah. remarkable. And like when I turn a light on now, I'm just gonna be like, I'm awake just so I can yep. train that mm-hmm. muscle. I love mm-hmm. that. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's fun. I was going to say, I forgot where that train went, but I was going to say Netflix has this documentary on sleep paralysis. And I was like, oh, I want to, because I was, you know, I, it's when it does happen at night, you feel, I don't want to pretend like I know what schizophrenia feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, or, and, and the, the, the word crazy, a lot of people, um, have mental disorders and function beautifully with yes. them. Uh, and, and the word crazy is really detrimental to the mental health community because we use it so casually. Yes. That's so crazy. Look at her dog. She put a coat on it. That's crazy. And you're like, no, that's just a weird lady who put a coat on her dog. I used to say so casually, like, calm down crazy, like kind of jokingly, but I realize how uh, tr- not only triggering that is to people, but how just um, flippant it is. And it's not, it's not a, a fair thing to, to do. Um, so I've, I've happy that I've understood to readjust, but it was just like a, a thing that I always said and uh, people said it around me too. So it wasn't everything that I questioned. Um, but now thinking about just my mental health and how unsettling it would, how much I hate when men call me crazy. Like (laughs) that's truly one of my biggest triggers because I think that has been such a a write-off and that's probably where I learned the calm down crazy stuff too. Um, Um and it's non-descriptive. I have, so I te- get to teach improv. And if my students ever label each other as crazy or weird, yeah, I'm like, I, that tells me nothing. Give me a description mm-hmm. of who, who the person is. So I'm, I, I've tried in my own voca- vocabulary to, if I'm about to say crazy to either be more descriptive or say mm-hmm. wild. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah which has been helpful. Anyway, oh my gosh, this Netflix documentary on sleep mm-hmm. paralysis. I'm going, I want to learn something because I want, the more I know about this, I think the the better I'll be equipped to not have it in such a negative way. And mm-hmm. in, a, in the positive way, you have it, it's scary for a second, but then it takes you into a lucid dream. Mm-hmm. In the negative way, you just feel, um, you feel like you're losing your mind. Mm-hmm. And the, the documentary was not helpful at all for anybody, <laughs> for anybody who has sleep paralysis the documentary is just like full of images and um ex- examples of sleep paralysis that you don't want to see yeah. if you have it because then now all of those things get to be in my sleep paralysis as well and I'm like mm-hmm. oh come on I just wanted information on the science behind it and possible triggers and causes and it, it's just more like, here's five people who have it, and here's detailed explanations of what happens to them, mm-hmm. um, which is, inter- you know, it's interesting for, for people possibly who don't have it very often. Yeah. Um, I was I was just haunted by their demons as well as my own for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get that. It is kind of amazing how movies or shows about dreams really can affect you just because your brain is thinking about it in a different way. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, Inception. After I saw that movie, every time I've seen that movie, that night I will have layered dreams. Yeah. Where I'm not even sure if they really are layered. They can't be. Can't, I don't know if I'm actually going that deep, but if I'm thinking about it. And then I'll like think of like the snow that they're in or the, you know, whatever, whatever bit that they did in the movie. Um, so I find that very interesting because, yeah, I think if I watch that too, I, I will have those, those doors will open for those demons or those, you know, 
what what have you things that we don't understand in the in the waking world right um, and whether it's our subconscious or something outside of ourselves it's mm-hmm. still scary yeah <laughs> and that's the thing is i think there is like when it comes to astral projection and the things that i've studied with that people have said they've like no i've seen like creatures like bug monsters and like they're not evil they're just they exist they're just on a different plane of existence mm-hmm. and i find that definitely scary but something that I still want to experience Mm -hmm. um and I always find myself caught between that rock and hard place (laughs) like um I want it but it could be dangerous and like I mean the idea of astral projection in general is so dangerous um that's how people lose their minds because for those who don't know uh you know your mind when you actually project your conscious mind leaves your body and there's kind of like a tether between your mind and your and your body. And if you go too far, or if you don't get back to your body in the right amount of time, um, that tether can break. And that's how people literally lose their minds. Um, and schizophrenia comes from that, uh, not solely from that. Please, I want that to be clear. But I, I and I don't know all the details of schizophrenia, so please, I hope I'm not being, uh, you know, rude or giving false information. But from what I've understood. Uh, that is the the true danger of something that seems so magical. Um, so I don't know. I find it very very interesting. But there's I don't know the the realm of possibility feels very improv to me. You know, right? Yeah. Yes. And and the the dangers of it are mm-hmm. just as unknown as anything. Yes. It, there may be zero dangers. It may be all subconscious stuff. But there's I know there are experiences that I um. I actually have a book about one that I'm planning to read soon that nice. I will read soon. Um, Good job. <laughs> that, that are about people who have experienced it and um, uh, in a sense proven that it was possible. Mm-hmm. I still am such a science mind that I'm going, I think it was probably a subconscious thing happening, <laughs> but, but I don't know. I can't yeah. for sure 100% say that. So there's this other little peaking version of me that's like peeking out going, but <laughs> it might be real and then that and that possibility is exciting mm-hmm. but it's also equally frightening mm-hmm. because especially when it's 4 a.m what I'll do sometimes especially when it's 4 a.m and I've I'm awake and I I don't recognize my own body mm-hmm. I don't the room that I'm in is filled with people that I don't you know what I mean that that's yeah I've had that dream where there's people and they're, and I don't know them, but they're around me. And I, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, it's (laughs) wild. I remember, so this, this other night I walked into the bathroom and looked in the mirror and was shocked at the body that I was in and, and was like, it was I was still, Maddie was still back there and she was like, no, this is you. (laughs) You're just, you're just freaking out. But all of that feeling that happens in the night hours, uh, my biggest fear is that, that, that could become a constant Mm -hmm. and that's fright, frightening. That's Mm -hmm. very frightening. I agree. Um, I have, (laughs) this is something I have several, um, safeguards in place. Cool. Um, where, uh, I have like a couple people in my life who know if I talk, if, cause I always think the, the real Maddie is back here and, and able to like throw out a few crumbs, mm-hmm. even when I feel 
um, pretty lost in a sleep paralysis fear state. Um, and then if I ever start talking to someone randomly and I have like a certain um, trigger word, they know to get me help. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. It's so crazy. But, or it's not crazy. I'm sorry. I'm trying no. not to. It's so, what is it? Wild. Paranoid? Par- well, yeah. I don't want to, yeah. Hey, I mean. Or safe. That, that's the thing is like, fear is such a complex feeling for obviously for everybody, but I just meant in that we all of us don't want to be afraid. However, yeah. fear is what makes us survivors. Mm-hmm. You know, we learn and we realize to not touch a, a stove because you could burn yourself, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Like it, it's a it's a complex it's a learning tool, but right. I think we we get so <laughs> stuck behind it as like a safeguard. And I don't mean safeguard in the way that you meant, but your safeguards. I just mean that we're like, I'm going to live in fear forever. So nothing happens, Um, which can be good, but also uh, debilitating in a lot of ways. Totally debilitating, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because are you even, are you really living, you know? I mean, that's improv, right? That's where improv (laughs) comes in. Totally. (laughs) I think I got into improv because I was afraid of it. Um, and, and it has been that philosophy of life, you know, but reversed of if anything is scary, go and do it. Yes. Follow your fear. Right. Follow your fears safely, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but go and do it. Even if safety means like, oh, maybe this is a a good example. I was afraid of singing Uh and went, okay, this is a fear that I have. It's a valid fear. A lot of people are afraid of singing. I'm just going to take a singing lesson, one, mm-hmm. and that's going to be me facing my fear. And one turned into years of it, and then which has turned into improvised singing, which is completely, <laughs> um, completely terrifying and uh, del- and so much fun, so much fun. Oh, I love that. I've gotten to see, I think I've gotten to see you improvise some songs, haven't I? You guys, Joy is a great improviser and oh. has a beautiful voice and oh. a great musical improviser. Oh, um, cut it out, but keep going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was a part of an incredible, or I don't think your, that group is still together, but the Deltones. Yeah. Oh, that, the Deltones. I remember I saw one show of yours <laughs> and then I think Alex got SNL, mm-hmm. a couple people. Alex and Moffitt. Yeah. yeah. And a couple, I remember going, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to get to see them again. And they were so good. It was so good. It was such a great, beautiful harmonies. Oh my goodness. That was truly one of the best times of my life. It was, and talk about scary because I was the youngest member of that team. And I was like, I felt constantly like in, I don't want to say, yeah, I'm going to say I felt inferior, but um, in that I was the youngest and I I knew everyone the least. Um, Mm. But I, I was so grateful to be like welcomed into that group. But like I constantly was playing with fear because I, I think one of the, my biggest, like it's 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 interesting to hear you say like both singing and improv were things that scared you, so you went for them. Because I love that. Because I wish I had. I mean, that's not why I got into improv. But I realized mm-hmm. that my fear in improv was saying the wrong thing, and Ugh. the thing that I have I teach my students and try to make sure that everyone gets through their head is that everything you do is right. Um, and 
it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do it. Um, of course, you know, minding saying something racist or sexist or, you know, generally like awful and mean to to humans. But barring that, I was always afraid of just saying something dumb, which was so frustrating because I'm like, I know I can be awesome at this. Um, I have done it, but that it, but it always felt like chaos, uncontrolled chaos. Whereas improv can be totally controlled chaos. Um, if, as long as you make those active choices to do it or to choose to follow your fear or to choose to like say something dumb and let it be okay. Uh, (laughs) Like that, that is so, it's so much easier said than done, but it's a, it's a concept that should be practiced. And like, I love that you're doing that you're, you're doing music and improv and writing a musical, which is so difficult on its own, but to do it when there's, fear attached, I think is so, um, I, I commend you for it. Um, truly, no, it's, it's, uh, yes, you, everyone should follow in your footsteps of just being like, cause, cause you're great at pretty, you're, thank you for giving me compliments, but for those of you who haven't seen Maddie, she's <laughs> like truly one of the funniest people I've ever seen. And so surprisingly so like, not that I'm surprised that you're funny, but you do, you say things that I'm like, how did she think of that how did you come up with that brilliant reaction and they're always like just so you make it seem so easy but like you just have such a a positive and silly way of of responding which is just so delightful to watch um and I'm always constantly in awe of you um thank you good job (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) <laughs> um, we like each other you like each other i'm so glad okay. <laughs> uh, um oh i can't wait for our show it's gonna be so good i really can't either uh guys we had so much fun rehearsing our show i, yeah, I, say, I, just can't, I can't wait to just like rehearse <laughs> it's so fun. we just put wigs on and just be characters together and it's just so silly (laughs) it really is you know what that's really fun it's like so I have that same fear of feeling stupid or being seen as stupid Mm -hmm. gosh I think that one is so universal I would be very curious to see if someone ever said like oh yeah no that's not really anything I'm afraid of Mm -hmm. can I ask you what's your what's your sign what's your astrological sign oh do you want to guess you want me to tell you I'm going to guess real quick because I would say. Should I tell you like it's surprise? It's surprising. I think everyone is always surprised. I think I don't know. Here's what I would say. Mm -hmm. You're either these are. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give three guesses, and there's a good chance that they're all wrong. I'm going to say, Aries, Cancer, or Scorpio. You got it, Scorpio. (gasps) You're a Scorpio. Oh, Scorpios are, I think, the most surprising to me because I, I am, I get become friends very easily with Scorpios. Um, I, I do, and the people that I know who are Scorpios, I'm like, because you're very much go getters. Which, I mean, Scorpios, you strike. You know, you're, you strike yeah. while the iron's hot. You, and I find you guys very fearless too, um, which might not be true. I mean, obviously, fearless is a ridiculous thing to say for the title of this show. But <laughs> but get yeah. this, Scorpio, Slytherin, Dauntless. You're a Slytherin? Yeah, girl. I know. Wow. I, w- I would so think that you were a Gryffindor, but okay. 
Yeah. I maybe because like if Harry Potter, if if the world was real and that uh-huh. hat was on my head, I yeah. might be a kid like that who's like, oh, can you put me in Gryffindor though? Because mm-hmm. I love sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love that's your reasoning. Because I just love sports. <laughs> like, I want to play Quidditch. Slytherins, they don't play sports. Slytherin, <laughs> <and> Slytherin. <laughs> um, I, I know. I love that about you. Totally. Do you know the diversity? Divergent um, series as well. Did you I read that? I don't. I should. It looked cool. I have yeah. Not, yeah. Well, uh, I think I think read the books because mm-hmm. always, always read the books because it's good. Or listen to the books. The books are great on audio mm-hmm. as well. Um, but also the movies are good. Ugh, mm-hmm. I like it all. <laughs> young adult dystopia. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hunger Games. Come on. I mean, my roommate and I just wa- rewatched all of them yeah oh, they're so good they're so good they're so good Ugh. um what were you saying I cut you off I can't remember what you were saying but I cut you off to tell you because I felt like it was important to know Scorpio Scorpio Slytherin, Dauntless um I I asked you mm. and then I said that because of we were, uh, what was it uh we were thinking we were stupid that I think there was something about that yes Um, yeah and I was like does does anybody think they're does anybody not have that fear that would I want to meet that person I do I like a quick I know a lot of Aquariuses Aquarius I Aquarians that's what it's called Aquarians who I mean I don't know if they would admit that but I feel like they're the more because the way the astrological what I've come to understand how it works is that uh, the the calendar starts at Aries right so we're it we just ended Aries season um, and the way to think about it is that each of the signs are a different portion of life. So Aries are like the babies, right? Um, so they, you know, they, they can, they can yell, they can get what they want. They, um, they're the start, they start things, you know, they're active in that. Um, and they're, they're fun and they're cute. Uh, Taurians, Tor- Taurus people, they're like toddlers, right? A little more hard headed, like they like their, uh, you know, they like their naps. They like their, um, what am I trying to say? Like the routine. Um, Aquarius is at the end of the calendar. So that's like an elderly person who's experienced everything. They kind of have that kind of mindset. So Scorpios, your birthday is November? November, November 5th. November 5th. Remember. Remember. Fun fact. I lost my virginity on November 5th. So thank no. you. No, <laughs> you're welcome. I was born so that you could. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I'm Where going to say that to you. <laughs> Please do. But literally, Please that's do. that's the reason I remember it is because of like of Viva Vendetta. Remember, remember the fifth of November. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that you know what date. Really, the only reason is because there was a rhyme that was already attached to the day. Like. <laughs> Most of the things I know is because of there's a rhyme. Okay, yeah, fair, fair, yeah. very fair. Um, yeah, Scorpios are adults, but they're like kind of like. Astrology. Oh, I, I don't study any of this, so you're telling me all new information. I'm delighted oh, by it. I I love astrology. I find it so magical, especially when I like when I, when I do get it right. When I do get people's birthday or be the signs right, it kind of blows my mind. I'm like. <gasps> I've studied enough to understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Scorpios, uh, very, like all the Scorpios I know are very successful. 
Um, so, and I, I, I completely count you in that, uh, in that group of people. Um, yeah. And, and like people want to work with Scorpios too, I think because, um, of that, of that seemingly fearlessness, you know, um, not afraid to get what you want, not afraid to ask, not afraid to, um, I don't know, just to, to get what you want is just, I think, such a, a beautiful thing. Like I'm a Gemini. Geminis are after Taurians. So we're like preteens to teens. Um, so for me, it's always like, my whole thing is like, life's not fair. <laughs> no one's listening to me, but also like being the Geminis and the twins, I see both sides of things. I can understand perspective a lot easier. I can, you know, I think I understand younger people. I've always understood people who are younger than me easier. I think there's something weird about that. I'm always very nervous around older people who are like really fantastic and experienced. I think there's just like something in that, in that world. But anyway, that's my astrological, you know. Oh gosh, I love nonsense. knowing that. Yeah. Oh. I, I have, I, of course I know like some basics of what uh, Scorpio is, but I, I don't really study any of it and I've never heard it like that, like a life mm-hmm. of it, like a lifespan. Yeah. It, when I started to understand that and also like, cause you know, the, the signs go into two of the months, right? Um, so mm-hmm. like being on one, like I'm on the Taurian end of, of uh, Gemini. So I'm like, I, I've got, I'm still coming out of that area. Um, versus mm. the cancer side, which is like becoming more like late, l- late teens start like applying to college, maybe in college kind of time. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> so it's very, um, and, and it, and it's also funny because the men that I've dated, I've dated a lot of cancer men, which I am going to stop doing. Um, because <laughs> I realize it's not great for my, my, uh, t- my teen esque sensibilities of just, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause I, I like, I mean, you can imagine what, what that, what it means. And it's also different for the feminine and, and masculine sides of it. Mm. Um, I, I read a book called, uh, sextrology. My, my roommate owns it. It's awesome. Um, and it divides the feminine and masculine sides of each of the signs. And it's very, it's, it's just really revealing and it really helps a lot. Um, so, you know, just keep that in your brain pay, place. I'll, I'll find you a copy. Yeah, anyway. I love, I love, I love chatting with people who know so much about that stuff. Cause it is, <laughs> it's so fun to, um, yeah, it's like opening a little fortune cookie. Yeah, <laughs> like, here's the things. About the people you love and about yourself. <laughs> it felt, I have to say, it felt so uh, cathartic when my therapist, I was telling her about like, you know, a day I was having and I, and I told her, I was like, oh, and believe me, she's a Leo. And she goes, oh my God. And I go, do you believe in astrology? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it was Oh my so, gosh. Um, so I love validated. that your therapist your therapist threw shade at your leo friend that is amazing it was it was really it felt so good Uh, to just it helped me again the idea of feeling crazy or feeling like you're out of it or like you're giving you know too much thought into something to be validated by my therapist of all people um, who is awesome by the way she is 
real great. Um, <laughs> she, um, it was a very, I, I loved hearing that she believed in it. Cause I mean, it's just true. And it's such a fun game to play. Like if you're watching movies or something to be like Scorpio, like, Pisces like people like that character is that one and if you find it like if you're like me and a nerd who likes to look that kind of stuff up later it's exciting I was yeah. gonna say you have to check your answers you gotta check you gotta fact check go to the back <laughs> of the book see if you're right all right and we're back uh thanks for waiting for the break um I don't remember what we were talking about before because this was a long break but um I do know that I have another question for you Ooh, yes. Um, what's something that used to scare you that doesn't scare you anymore? Good question. Singing definitely does not scare me as much as it did. Mm-hmm. I was so scared to sing in front of anyone. Now I have a couple voice teachers that I will sing in front of and not care. Cool. My roommate um, is forced to endure my singing and... I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're much better than you think, by the way. Um, Thank you. I have no doubts in my mind about that. <laughs> um, I, I do think that, yeah, these things that frighten us, the lovely little voices in our head tell us that we're not good at them. And mm-hmm. it's probably a lot less true. Yeah. Um, but let me think, what's something that used to scare me that like properly doesn't anymore? That would be interesting. Oh, here we go. Um, Anytime, I mean, what do I want to say? Yeah, I'll say this one. <laughs> so I used to be terrified to improvise Shakespeare mm. and then throw on top of that to improvise Shakespeare with the likes of Dan O'Connor, Brian Lohman, Michael McShane. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, and name anyone in that main company. Yeah. And that would terrify me and doing it this Saturday. Yeah, you <laughs> are. I'm going to be improvising on Zoom. Shakespeare. I've got all my Shakespeare books out here because to get the language back in uh-huh. my mouth, but that was terrifying. I remember watching my first Shakespeare show and, oh, sorry, my phone is, is back on. Turn that okay. lady off. I remember watching my first Shakespeare show thinking, well, that's just something I'll never do. Mm. Because my reading comprehension skills are very low. Mm. I'm not diagnosed dyslexic, but um, I am probably dyslexic. Mm. Um, I always say that. I should probably just own it and say I am dyslexic because it, it does give me a lot of um, peace to be able to own it, own that. Yeah. Because I allow myself then to be um at peace with myself for not reading well and not beat myself up for not reading well sure. um kendall uh, has this new thing called open dyslexic it's a font that somebody independently produced and if you change your kindle books to that font i'm, I'm not just kindle all the different platforms i'm sure have and if they don't they need to get it yeah you can change the font to open dyslexic which allows um for much easier reading probably for the general population but especially for dyslexics and then you can also change the background color mm-hmm. and you can wow. also change it to a double column because double columns are easier for me to read than all the way across the page sure um, that has changed my life and i'm reading <sighs> a lot more shakespeare now but i remember originally thinking i'll just never be able to read shakespeare mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. reading you know uh <laughs> 
I used to read these Bob books when I was little, they were called Bob books and they were so difficult. And just reading that, which was like this, you know, elementary school book um, was, was felt impossible. And I thought I'll never be able to read Shakespeare, much less improvise it like these sure. brilliant improvisers. And well, what it's amazing what applying oneself to an art can do. And so now I'm getting to do that. And it's much less scary. It's it's now exciting yeah. to get on stage with Brian Lohman and, and these guys. I say Brian Lohman because he's the director of Shakespeare Unscripted. Mm -hmm. um, it's exciting now which is cool. If you turn one of your fears into something that's exciting, oh my yes. gosh. Well, I have to say, you said something that really just resonated with me really hard, which was um, when you're talking about being able to own it. Um, like, I think that is ah. such, and being able to turn fear into excitement because this is actually funny. This is something I talk about with my improv students when I'm teaching emotion, because for those of you who don't know, um, emotions are like, your best friend when it comes to improvising because what's interesting to watch are people's feelings. That's just a fact of the matter. We want to see how people's feelings grow and change and morph. And um, there's four main emotions, happy, sad, anger, and fear. And then everything else is a combination of a couple of those or a heightened version of one of those. It, it, it just varies. And excitement is happiness and fear. And I think that's always really fun to what you just said of like not, not being afraid of anymore, letting it, it be exciting, letting that same energy of fear that exists within excitement, um, using the fear and, and adding positivity to it, I think mm -hmm. is a really beautiful and uh, thing that we're all capable of. Um, but I don't think it seems obvious to do most of the time. Right. Um, so I think that's really, really fabulous. I, I do think there is something about owning what either what we don't what what makes us self-conscious what makes us um not like ourselves or whatever it is if you own it automatically you are taking your you are you are acknowledging the existence and having the power there because again the fear is from not knowing or from not 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 owning not understanding enough so i right. think there's something really beautiful about that I wonder if it's like owning it allows what is perceived as a weakness mm -hmm. to open up into other possibilities. I don't want to just say it becomes a strength because that feels cliche. And there are people that, you know, have bigger <laughs> perceived weaknesses than whatever I'm thinking of myself. But um, there is something to going. And I definitely I remember the feeling when someone first said to me, you know, you might be dyslexic. And this was past, you know, um, I think I was in high school. And I think it was my dad who said it to me. And it was past like a, t a point at which I would be tested and all the things that I did were it would be altered and, you know, what classes I, it was past all of that. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that. And at first going, oh, no, that's that that's not that's not true. Um, but then learning more about it and going, 
oh wait that might be me and then being afraid feeling like a fraud if I yeah. say to people oh yes I am dyslexic because I was never tested or whatever and then I think it was like the first time I read a book in open or a passage in open dyslexic was probably about two years ago mm-hmm. um oh no it's been longer than that at this point that doesn't matter but I remember opening up my thing and and there was like a little app where you could change the computer um font to open dyslexic on a website mm-hmm. and I was I just sat there reading and like started crying because it was so easy to read wow and that was so cool and such a emotional experience and and then being able to go oh maybe that is true and I can now take some steps to kind of navigate through it and and it's now cliche it is a strength now yeah. I'm, I'm much more thorough because I went through my education systems not knowing and not and having to be extra thorough to make sure I didn't spell anything wrong or got the math problem right or Mm. or whatever it was and um and I think too I don't study what it what it means to be dyslexic enough to know but there are certain um creativity things that go hand in hand with it that I feel like I've benefited from and being able to let to own it and go like (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's a part of my experience is, is, has been really, um, I don't know. What's the word. Yeah. It's an opening an awake an awakening and a, a, a very positive thing. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I think there's just, and, and I know what you mean about that feeling fraudulent kind of thing of being like, right. I think it's something that we all do to ourselves, which is, we try to play it down a bit, you know, it's like, I'm like this, but like, not really, like, it's not even fair to me to say that. Like, we don't allow ourselves to be flawed. We don't allow ourselves to, when we, when we want to take ownership of the flaw, we feel that we're like, you know, it's, it's not as bad as somebody else. We're comparing ours to everyone else's and and there's always going to be someone who's more dyslexic. (laughs) There's always going to be someone who has more trauma or more whatever. Um, and yes, love and passion to, or love and compassion to all of them, but, but also your experience matters. And yes, valuable. you are valuable. I think that is, it's so funny to me because like, I mean, I'm going to announce, I, this is already known in the podcast cause I mm-hmm. already recorded it. Um, but that, <laughs> you know, I, I had, um, I have had cancer. I have cancer, uh, it's now, I'm always going to say I have cancer because it's your cells that are inside of you and they have changed. And though I have finished chemotherapy and all that, like, and it's done, it's, you know, it's something that is genetically in our, my family history, cancer. And it's, was so- I didn't know that this is, this is interesting to know. Sorry. I know you're going oh. somewhere and I want to know where you're going, but I, I, so you um, are going to say, or you say I have cancer. I'm not officially in remission until I get the results from my last scan, which just happened a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, but. I think it's just important because I mean, the scary thing, the, the scary thing, the one of the many scary things about cancer is that um, uh. it, it can come back, you know? And that's something that I, I don't mean to say I have cancer forever. haha. Like that's not at all what I mean. Um, but it's something that is always going to be a part of my life now. 
and it's yeah. cancer has been in my life in with other family members who have uh, been diagnosed, who have passed away from it. It's it's you know it's my my strain of cancer. If I can make it sound like a weed strain, uh, I got a, a classic Hodgkin's. <laughs> Bro, I got some straight up OG Hodgkin's lymphoma for you. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. Um, but, um, the, I'm, I'm trying to even realize why we got here. I have here, a follow up question. Can I ask sure. another question? Yes. Okay. Now is this is the part where I interview Joy. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine with me. When you say, when you say I have cancer, mm-hmm. what emotions happen? happen in you? Um, that's a great question. I think this, this is an emotion that I don't even know if it's really an emotion or not, but I, I always think of the word typical, um, which is kind it does have a a negative connotation, which I'm trying to work with in that one of my worldviews that I'm trying to I don't want to say suppress, uh, uh, trying to, trying to alter is the, um, of, of course this happened. Of course it did. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it feels so typical this happened. Like when I, before I was diagnosed, I was sure I had cancer and I did. <laughs> and it was, it was, I mean, it's difficult to talk about that because that's, I think that scares a lot of people yeah. in that, everyone is afraid of getting cancer. And I, and it is, it's still pretty rare. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's a very rare thing to happen, but it happens so much. It's, it's confusing to define, but my dad had cancer. He passed away. My, uh, uh, my cousin's uh, husband passed away. I've had, you know, uh, family members. It's like, there's t- my uncle, I never met him. He also had lymphoma back in the eighties. Um, uh, they had a very different treatment process back then. So he was not, um, unfortunately it was, it was a bad treatment for him. So he did not get to, you know, survive. I say that, I don't know. Anyway. Um, (laughs) but the, the feeling that I always felt was like, this is typical. And then I feel really phony a lot of the time because I knew once I was diagnosed that my kind of cancer was very treatable. So I have this very conflicting world of like thinking like my cancer is not so bad guys. Like, like, Oh my God. I know. And which is so silly because it's cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is so silly. So I, I it's, wow. it, mm-hmm. it's very strange. Cause I felt like the idea of like the kind of anything that bad that can happen will happen. And that's how I've seen a lot of my life. Cause I've, I've dealt with a lot of trauma in a lot of different ways. Um, but I think what helps me get through it is knowing that my trauma is mine and other people's trauma is theirs mm-hmm. and they are not comparable by any means. And I mean, that is like, it's stupid to compare. It's just mm-hmm. dumb mm-hmm. because like, you know, I would talk to friends and they'd be like, oh, I had the worst day, but it's not like I have cancer. Like, it's, that's not what I meant. Like, it's not like that kind of bad. <laughs> and I felt so guilty for them, not for them, but uh, like, I felt guilty because it's like, you're allowed to have your stress. Yeah. I had the same, a similar type of stress that you had. I just have different stressors. I still have that stress. It's just different because I have this extra 
thing. And I have also, you know, uh, like other people have something that I will never understand. Other, uh, other types of, uh, may it be illness, may it be financial strain, may it be, um, you know, relationship issues, like things that I have never dealt with that people have. And, and it's, it's one of the reasons I think this is an, this project of doing this podcast is important to me is to let people be afraid and not have to feel the guilt and the shame of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that just makes it worse. And I think that makes, there's a whole other set of like needing to be defensive, needing to be, or needing to feel like they have to rescind their statement because it's not, the same of course it's not the same no one is um but we're all valid we all deserve to be saved we all deserve to be um to be angry and cry and scream and punch a pillow and like um healthier ways to deal with it versus thinking that you shouldn't be at all um yeah it's so so interesting there is like there is this balance of awareness that my issue or trauma is what it is in comparison to the rest of the world while still respecting that it has affected my psyche and that it that it is real in my life and it is not nothing yeah you know, because I think there is like a level of balance that you do want to have an awareness of things beyond yourself so that you're not this narcissistic lump. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's this, um, I just went, I don't know why. <laughs> I just pictured this like somebody like huddled in a narcissistic <laughs> huddle of themselves. Um, but, but you know what I mean? That there's like an awareness that one should have and a respect of one's own issues mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's really hard to respect oneself it's mm-hmm. just impossible it isn't sorry that's not true it is not impossible it's very possible it feels impossible and that is the most it, it's very like I always say like we live our lives through our minds you know and mm-hmm. it's difficult to think that our feeling is not truth wait did I say that right I think what I mean is like, we think that our feelings are the truth. So like my perspective on a situation that has to be the only way that has to be the only understanding of it. If I'm angry with somebody, um, they, they're clearly in the wrong or vice versa, right? Like, Oh, this is all, all my fault. I should get the blame. I'm dumb. I'm ridiculous. I'm like, and that negative self-talk, that's really more what I mean more than external. It's the internal, um, understanding and like that's I think what happened with me is that I'm like well of course this happened I'm the type of person where trauma and awfulness happens to and I'm like I'm not the only one um and there's actually a lot of hope that I feel when I realize that I'm not the only one because it makes me feel like other people can get through with this other people can get through whatever crazy I was gonna say crazy whatever wild thing that they have to go through that no one should have to go through 
Um, right. We all have a version of that. And yeah, it's, it's very difficult to allow yourself to be, be that <laughs> or <laughs> validate, you know, yeah, valid be, yeah, know that you are valid, whatever your experience is, mm-hmm. but also you're not alone. And also other people have gotten through it and you'll get through it too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> uh, because I, I do the same thing, Joy. I mean, it's so, gosh, it's so rampant of going, here's what I'm experiencing. And either we go, everyone else is experiencing things worse, so I'm not allowed to feel sad. Right. Or we go, I'm the only one who's going to experience this. Yes. I don't know that I'll make it. It's very difficult to find yourself in the middle of the spectrum versus uh, like it's very it's very difficult to allow yourself to be in the middle because I definitely have felt both sides of the spectrum really hard um and and it's frustrating even when I know the truth that there is the middle um but the you know there'll be a day where my body just freaking hurt and I'm all why me. And then there's days where my, my body really freaking hurt. And I say, it's not just like, I, I don't have it as bad. I, I shouldn't be complaining. Like it's, it's so silly. <laughs> it's, Are you going to have a moment on your podcast where somebody comes in and just interviews you? Um, I didn't plan on it, but <laughs> I think you should. I think you should have, like, you should do a few, produce them, and then I'd be happy to be that person. Tell someone to come back and interview you. Cause I'm so curious. I have so many questions and want to spend so much time, like, asking you about your fears. Um, obviously, you'll get to talk about yours. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love that. I mean, you have, you have secured your spot as my interviewer. Um, everybody get ready. Stay, say subscribe to this podcast. Maddie Goff's coming back. <laughs> Maddie's going to be back. I'm going to be interviewing Joy Mamie. Oh, I can't wait. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try to make that the first podcast when we're allowed to be in a room together again. <gasps> oh, that'll be fun. That will be fun. And I can't wait to see how much life has changed from this time to then. Ooh. Yeah. That'll be very exciting. It'll be different. You know, I work at theaters mm-hmm. as do you mm-hmm. and the predictions for theaters are sad. Yeah. It's and very upsetting. Entertainment is always the thing that gets hit hardest when some kind of world freaking tragedy happens because we don't have time. We don't have the time resources or, you know, uh, uh, I'm just going to say ability right now to spend money there or spend time when we have to be somewhere else. And I get it, but it's, but at the same time, like this is such an outlet for literally everybody, for the people who get to perform it and the people who get to experience it, because I mean, what would we do without freaking Netflix? Right. Like I truly don't know. It's interesting. People turn to artists during this time, Mm -hmm. but art gets halted in some ways during this time. Although what's also nice is artists are very adaptable. Yes. (laughs) So many many Zoom shows. So many (laughs) shows, so many Zoom shows. Impro is doing a Zoom meeting and then we're all meeting on the Zoom meeting talking like before the show doing a little tech run through and then one of our genius improviser um, technical improvisers is taking that and just projecting it to Twitch and we're doing a show I had my roommate take a picture of me the other day in my living room 
like with no shoes on and a Tennessee <laughs> Williams dress and a blue curtain. And it just looks so silly, but it's, it's so inspiring. The community too is just coming out, coming out hand, I'm doing the finger quotes to mm-hmm. see the shows. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing reaching- is like, you're reaching so many more yep. people than you would <laughs> normally. Like that's a thing to get somebody to go to a $5 show in person is like pulling teeth, right? Hey, baby. LA. But the fact that all of a sudden 200 people are watching you from the comfort of their living rooms, yeah. from the comfort of your living room, like it's, Talk it's about bonkers. That first show we did, the first show we did, um, I was do I was like hosting it or like doing an intro mm-hmm. as a character, and maybe not the first one, one of the first. Was ones. this personal space? Yeah. Oh, so good. I was a little alien to introduce the show. I was shaking. I was was like, there's 200 people. (laughs) They're all in their living rooms. But my face is about to be in front of, like, and it's Mm -hmm. different when it's scripted and it's already recorded and you're done with it and everybody's going to see that. But this was live Mm -hmm. and yeah. I mean, might as well be playing... Radio City Music Hall, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's that same kind of feeling. And I, I do, I, I think the way this world is going in terms of connection and the generations of the youth that we have now of how connected they are, mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited to see what comes out of this. Cause I mean, obviously there's a ton of negative effects, but the positive effects of all of this are really pretty mind-blowing and yeah. mm-hmm. I have to say the fact that we're so disconnected making makes us so much more connected mm-hmm. is r- remarkable and I don't know gives me a lot more more hope especially as an actor and as an artist I'm still creating and I'm still getting to see people who I love and respect get to do their thing and it's like I don't know it's it's a weird kind of magic dude it is. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, this, I guess I'll have to come up with new questions when I interview you. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, this question, or maybe I'll ask it again and act like it's new. Mm-hmm. This question is, have you ever, and it just made me, I just thought of it um, based on that last thing. Have you ever, okay, wait, I want to ask this clean for your audio. <laughs> have you ever been so scared that you are physically shaking and do you remember it? And do you feel comfortable saying what it was? Yeah. I mean, well, I have two that are coming into my brain. The okay. reason there's two is because last night um, mm-hmm. there was an earthquake and it... I felt that, baby. Yes. Ooh, it, so I'm, I'm living over by LAX right now. So I'm usually okay. in the valley, but I'm not, I wasn't this time. Usually, like, I've lived in the, the valley my whole life. I sleep through earthquakes. They ain't no big thing. Yeah. Last night, I was in my living room. It was like midnight. Uh-huh. Everybody in the house was asleep. I live with my family right now during during this time. And I was just playing on the computer. And we must have been right on top of the plates where I, I'm living. Because I swear, I felt like we, like a plane had crashed into the house. Yeah. I was, it felt that, like, yeah. intense. Like nothing, like it wasn't, it wasn't a quake. It was a a hit, you know, like, uh, it was a very strange feeling. And the other one, well, yeah, I'll say it cause it's a, everything's okay. And the person's okay. But, 
um, a couple of years ago, um, five days before Christmas, um, a man jumped onto my car and tried to kill himself. And um, it, yeah, this is so sometimes I know, but it's, I'm, I'm okay. He's okay. Um, but yeah, that, that was truly the most jarring experience of my life because um, what had happened was he had, he had jumped onto the, the windshield of my car. It wasn't like my, like the front of my car hit him and he, he literally hopped on. And, um, you know, it was, it was also so scary because it was a, a street that I was driving that I take every day, twice a day, you know, like it, it was like, there was, there was, I had a ton of witnesses. Everyone saw it happen. It was, uh, he, he, the man had no shirt on. He was seemingly homeless and had people had seen him bubbling around. So I, and I, I mean, you know, five days before Christmas, I know that that holiday is really difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what he was going through that got him to get to that point, or if he even questioned it based on, you know, whatever was, if he, if he had been on under the influence of something, but that, that by far scarier than anything I've ever felt. It was scarier than cancer for sure. Cause cancer is an, ex, you know, a long process. Whereas mm. this was, it happened so suddenly. And so it just, it, it's one of those things that just shouldn't have happened and it shouldn't happen to anybody. And I just happened to be that person that was in was in the car and it shouldn't have happened to him. He shouldn't have had to get to that point. No one should, should everyone should. If if there's anybody out there who's listening, please remember that your life is so valuable. And mm-hmm. the fact that this person did not, did not die is the most grateful I think I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause had it been the, the alternate, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know where my mental state would be. Um, and I think about it all the time. Yeah. It's not something that leaves, but it is something that definitely made me grateful for so many reasons. But uh, maybe, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What an experience. And obviously you were scared right when it happened. And that's a fear that hangs around. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, yeah. And it's definitely one of those kind of fears that I, I have to, I already had anxiety when I was, when I, when I'm in a car with someone who isn't, or who, someone who's driving, if I'm not driving, like this adds to it. So I, I have to, I have to be okay with not being a little bit okay. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult for me because I'll hold on to the, you know, the handrail or whatever it's called in the car, you know? Um, and I hate when people see me do that because I feel like they think I'm judging them mm. and it's really not about them at all. <laughs> it's about my inability to trust now that, that kind of uh, an easy ride. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for me to trust someone else doing it. Again, be grateful for every time that it's a, it's a good ride. You know, I mean, this also amazes me anytime anyone gets in the passenger seat mm-hmm. that's an incredible amount of trust that they are handing to the driver <laughs> and that driver needs to take that trust and be careful with it you are literally putting your life in their hands yeah i it's mean huge we all have to put on our resumes by the way that we operate heavy machinery that's what driving a car is like <laughs> 
that's the first time somebody said that to me, I, my mind was just like, whoa, because something that's so common and so, you know, I'm so used to like, yeah, I'm up, I'm doing what the, what the, what the construction guys and the big, and the big crane, what is that called? (laughs) You know what I mean? When they're doing things and it goes beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did did you like my sound effects? Yeah, but everybody knows. Everybody's picturing one of them. Cherry picker. I don't know. It's not a cherry picker. Oh my gosh. Um, being in a car accident, hurting someone with my car is is a big fear. Is a huge fear of mine. Mm-hmm. I want to throw this just fun piece of um, advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, it's a no, trick no. that I learned in high school. Being in the car, giving my essentially giving my uh life to sitting in someone's passenger seat and saying okay you have my life is in your hands now respect it and Mm -hmm. they don't because they're you know a 16 year old boy who likes to drive fast Mm -hmm. if you are stuck in a car with somebody who's driving like a maniac begin talking about um car accidents and death and that person will slow down. It's amazing. Yeah. It works. It's worked every time for me. And I figured it out in high school and I've been using it ever since. Now, honestly, that's really good advice because I think like, ugh, speaking of crappy guys I've dated, um, I dated this one guy who was, he had all sorts of self-conscious issues, but he was tr- always trying to be really cool. And we were in a parking lot. We were like, we were making out, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, drop me back over at my car. Cause my car was like on the other side. And he goes in reverse, slams on the pedal. And it was like, and I literally go, okay, I hate this. I hate this. I really don't, I really don't like this. And it was what it was. The fact that I even had to say that is ridiculous. No one, no one should have to no, just don't do that. And any any person listening, don't do that. That's not impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but more so when he finally stopped and like really could see the terror in my face. Um, <laughs> like I I think he just wasn't even expecting that. Which blo- that's that's a kind of perspective that I'll never understand. Unaware, I'm completely unaware, and, and I find very disrespectful. You know, really? it's like. Yeah, let me just let me just put this person make make them feel an adrenaline rush that they didn't ask for. Like, come on, I don't know, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, let me roll the dice on their face. I mean, it's so true. It's obviously the best way to get somebody to stop driving recklessly is to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the way you're driving. Can you stop? Yeah, out. <laughs> and you know what? To not have fear to say that. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I think. So, I, I don't know why that's harder, but it is. Um, and it's I think those, it wild. It, it really is. I like, cause I felt also, this is the problem with dating and me specifically. I, I feel like I don't, I allow a lot of poor behavior, <laughs> which I never realized until after the fact, but I mean, meets even having to say that to him, I could tell changed his ego a bit. And my fear to hurt another person's ego is so, is so bad, but it's not, again, it's not a, the intention isn't to hurt your ego. The intention is for us to be safe. Yep. Um, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's like, I do the same thing, Joy, where I'm, where I won't say it. And so then I do this subtle thing of talking about death and car accidents, but truly the best thing to do is to go, Hey, you're driving recklessly and I don't like it. Uh, if you keep doing it, I'm getting out of the car because 
my life isn't worth my yeah. ego. <laughs> your oh. ego, my ego. What a beautiful line. My life isn't worth my ego. <laughs> oh gosh. That might be the title of this episode. I love it. Okay. I hope I'm going to do that. <laughs> my life isn't worth my ego. Beautiful. Um, Maddie, we're going to wrap up in just a bit, but yeah. oh, I love this conversation. I really am so glad you are my, my first guest. Um, you're so talented. You're so much fun. You're so got such great, great perspective. Um, I would like if you could, uh, have a, a piece of advice again about, um, something that helps you, uh, combat fear or helps you get through the scary times. What would you want people to know? Take baby steps, I think. Mm. Allow yourself to take baby steps. Your fear and your emotion, your emotion is valid and you're not alone and you're loved and take baby steps to face a fear that you want to face. And also sometimes fear is a fine thing and is is telling you something. I have a little, I have a little, um, little post-it note on my um desk and it says emotions are messengers it also it also says sleep when you're tired (laughs) (laughs) both amazing pieces of advice but i love that emotions are messengers right so sometimes fear is a messenger of don't go down that dark alley because it's not safe but sometimes fear is a messenger of this is the next ceiling you get to bust through think giving yourself those baby steps to bust through it is fine unless you want to dive in you know if you're if you want to dive in go but I think allow the allow process maybe that's it allow process beautiful oh (laughs) Betty you're absolutely wonderful um I'm so grateful for you thank you for being on this uh on this and um could you just for fun make a weird sound and that's how we're going to end this (laughs) hey thanks for listening i'm joy mamie your host and if you like this episode please subscribe and tell your friends reach out by emailing terrified together pod at gmail.com or on twitter at t together pod the terrified together theme song music was composed by miles crossman with lyrics and cover art by me (laughs) feel free to check out my website joymamie.com and please stay safe during these trying times we're in this together 